0: Merry Christmas! As we gear up for a host of Christmas concerts, parties, and presents, many families, even those that are not involved at a local church, make the decision to attend one during the week of Christmas. Why? Even more so, in the year 2023 and soon 2024, why would anyone choose to regularly attend, serve, and even become a member at a local church? What exactly is the role of a local church in the age of A.I.? is the church thriving or dying in america why does the local church matter to cambridge christian school is it even still relevant who better to discuss these questions than the lead pastor from grace family church craig altman grace family church is a non-denominational bible-based church with campuses all over the tampa area it was founded in 1994 by pastor craig and his wife debbie Grace Family has been a tremendous partner for Cambridge Christian School, and we are delighted to welcome Pastor Craig on the show today. Cambridge Christian School is an independent private Christian school in Tampa, Florida for students one-year-old through 12th grade that partners with families and the local church to provide a kingdom education, thereby preparing students for college and life. Craig, thank you for making time for us today. We think our lives are busy in December on a Christian school campus, but I cannot fathom the demands on you and Debbie with full programming at eight large Grace family campuses as Christmas approaches.
1: Is eight the current number? Uh, it's going to be eight in January.
0: Okay, eight is coming. I, I, there's always one that seems like it's, it's coming soon, so that's an awesome <laughs> thing to see. So what keeps you busiest these days? Some of our mutual friends have told me you mainly just golf. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, it's a great job. You just, you know, work on Sundays and it's all good. What
0: really does keep you busiest?
1: You know, I mean, really, I, you know, you talk about being busy. I think it's the art of delegation, you know, learning to find out what the triads the most important things, making sure you're focusing on those things. And right now for me, it's our staff development uh, developing a, 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 the strategy or teaching team. So I'm spending a lot of time with some of the younger staff so that uh, when my day comes, they'll be ready. Understood.
0: Yes, we're going to talk about that actually a little bit. I do see you occasionally on campus at Cambridge, as you, of course, are now a Lancer grandparent. Share with us your perspective as a grandfather of kids receiving a kingdom education at home, at church, and at school.
1: Well, I just, first of all, love Cambridge. I love that they're gospel-centered, that they focus on the truth. They don't let culture define truth. They let the Word of God define truth, and that Amen. is perfectly in line with our, our vision and strategy. We live in a world where our kids need a great foundation, and if they have that great foundation, when the storms of life come, they're going to be able to be anchored on what God's Word said. And we love how Cambridge, just everything from the chapels to the teachers, we're just excited about the foundation you're laying for our kids.
0: Well, and, and we sure love that you love us because it hasn't hurt us as a school, I mean, you know, selfishly. And, and so many families, so many of your staff have brought their kids now. Yeah. I don't know what the total numbers are, but I remember when that kind of first started happening, it was kind of a new thing. And now it, it just really seemed to, seems to have gained a lot of traction. And, and I know that you and other staff mention our school because we're told that on a regular basis and we greatly appreciate it, of course. We are big fans of Grace, and we haven't haven't seen a a bad family come in yet from Grace. They're all good families, especially the staff. (laughs) They've been tremendous um, and a big help to us, not just because they're bringing their kids there, but because they're, I don't even know that it's an intentional thing, but they really are, they're promoting our school, not just by virtue of having their kids there, but they talk about us all the time. And so that's been a huge blessing to our school. So tell us about your family, especially your awesome bride. And keep in mind, we're limited to 30 minutes.
1: Yeah. Well, let's see. <laughs> you've been married 43 years. Nice. Wow. And uh, two children. Uh, of course, my grandchildren come here. My daughter's 39. My son just turned 38. Mm-hmm. And um, just, you know, I, I'll go back to my wife. Uh, yeah. You know, it kind of ties into my story. I didn't know Jesus. I wasn't raised in any kind of Christian family, and at 19 years old, this pretty girl in the toy department I met, I was we're in the same department working, I said, hey, let's go party and do something, and she goes, I don't party, I, I know Jesus, and mm-hmm. I said, well, I kind of know him, which I really didn't, but she goes, I, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to go on a date with you, so I kept asking her out, and by the third time, she said, well, you can go to church with me and that's where it all started. I went to church pretending that I was going to seduce her away from Christianity. Mm. Obviously, that didn't work, and uh, fast forward three or four months later, I gave my life to Christ, and uh, that was where my journey started with my my relationship with Jesus and my calling.
0: Awesome stuff. And then so you said 43 years? 43 years. 43 years. So that was the beginning. Walk us through kind of what Debbie's role has been, I guess, specifically to the ministry yeah. then over the years, how that has, has grown.
1: Right alongside me the whole way. The, the best uh, volunteer of the church has. She's never really been on staff, so I get a really good deal uh, by <laughs> having her on. But from the beginning of youth ministry, she was involved in student ministry with me for 12 years, working right along beside me. We love teenagers. In fact, the hardest thing, starting I guess you call it big church. We still love students and teenagers, which again drives a big part of our vision mm-hmm. at Grace Family Church. But she's been right there with me from day one. She's my balance. Uh, I'm the visionary person, and she makes me think about how are you going to execute that. We, yeah. you know, I'm a let's fire, then maybe aim and shoot. She's like, right. well, maybe we want to aim a little bit here and. So wow. she's a perfect compliment to me. At first when I was first married it was annoying. Yeah. But now I realize it's the strength that God gives you in a marriage. Yeah,
0: certainly in your marriage and your ministry, I Absolutely. think that balance would be very healthy. That's great stuff. Well, yeah, so you you've already talked then about how you came to know Christ and it really was God used Debbie. Yeah, to, to draw you to
1: the church. Yeah. And, and well, the unique part of that, I, I share this part of the story. People laugh, you know, she had challenged me after three months. She said, Hey, look, you either need to commit or this relationship's over. I'm thinking relationship. I don't even know if it's a relationship right now. Cause you only mm. let me hold her hands. You know, she's from the, she was following what the Bible said, right. With those right. guidelines. But I was in a pub one night and after nine beers, um, it sounds funny, but God spoke to me, not, not, um, audibly but in in my soul right and i knew everything i've been hearing about the truth was true and god just challenged me right there and said what are you gonna do about it and that was the moment that i accepted christ in a pub yeah and that was
0: weird and so that was no not weird i mean everyone's (laughs) story is unique but so that was really in
1: response to kind of she kind of gave you an ultimatum absolutely yeah absolutely and um
0: yeah she didn't you don't know what would happen?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I really get concerned about some of our young people. They're not willing to make a stand in their relationship life. And man, she just said, I'm Jesus mm-hmm. is first. And either you follow me or, you know, yeah, follow him or just, you know, this isn't going to work out. So I, I would say to young people, man, be uncom- uncompromising in your in your stand.
0: Amen. That's our, our constant message as well on our campus. Great stuff. So, um, that's how you came to the Lord. How Tell us about the beginning of Grace Family Church, how, how that started.
1: Wow. Um, you know, again, I've been a student minister for 12 years, and just one day walking out of a youth service, just that inner voice, you know it's the Lord saying, you know, I want you to launch something out. And we're like, no, we don't want to do this. Well, actually, my wife didn't want to do it at first. She said, you know, I need to think about this, because she's a processor. I'm ready to go. She goes, nope, not right now. So a year later, we kind of came back and realized, yeah, this is God." Telling us to do this. So we started in a little uh, Jazzercise building. We were subleasing <laughs> in a little bit of space. And our first service, we had 75 people there. They were doing Jazzercise and we were doing Jesus size on Sundays, I guess. And uh, <laughs> it's just small beginnings. You know, we just thought, man, if we could ever have 300 people, that'd be a great church, you <laughs> know. And that's how it all started. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Indeed. And that was 1994. 94. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're celebrating
0: 30 years next year. Right. Yeah. Coming up in your 30th year. So as you approach year 30 and we are approaching year 60. Wow. Um,
1: how do you define success at Grace Family now as you approach year 30? Wow. Well, again, I'm going to go back. The Bible says to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And our, our mission is to see people come to know Jesus. And so really one of our statements is we help families follow Jesus because we know when that happens, they establish a foundation in their lives you make a great family you make a great community you make a great community you make a great city city to a nation it all starts with a family so we're really focused on the family uh and so that really is success for us seeing a person come to faith hmm. get discipled lead a small group you know then get married raise your children the same way then you got this generational mm-hmm. you know domino effect happening and so that sounds simple but that really is what we focus on and i think sometimes uh, it's easy to focus on so many other things. Obviously, there's other parts of a church life, but our main thing is helping people follow Jesus.
0: So, I think there'll be a, a number of business people that may listen to this and, and hear what you're saying about that. And with something that's had a 30 year track record, then they may have a certain mindset coming from corporate America. Do you attempt that success that you're talking about? And that makes complete sense to me. I'm in full time ministry but do you attempt to measure that success and use the data to create new strategies like you might in the business world, or is this really an entirely spiritual endeavor?
1: Well, I think that the vision is spiritual, but there's business practices you have to use. In fact, I get with a lot of our business people to help me with that part. What are the best business practices that work in the church? And mm. you have to be fiscally responsible. You have to have accountability. You have to have a board. You got to have a plan. You got to have a budget. You know, all those things are absolutely necessary, and uh, mm-hmm. and so we've developed that part of the team. You know, they're what I call it behind the scenes people that that keep everything running in an efficient way. Because you know, uh, vision is great, but the lack of vision and lack of funding will stop it. I mean, real fast. You have to have mm-hmm. good leadership and, and good funding to to fulfill the vision. So,
0: absolutely. So, thirty years of of growth and success by the definition you gave and and maybe other definitions as well. So to what do you attribute the fact that Grace Family has been thriving and expanding for so many years?
1: Well I, I still I'm going to come back to we invest into the next generation. We have to reach mm-hmm. our children. The average church in America is getting older and not younger. That's concerning. Right. Uh, we have to focus on the, on the kids. We got to make sure the programming, the creativity, everything's there. We want our, the motto at Grace Family is the kids drag the parents to church. <laughs> and uh, it really does happen and that's, that is our investment, that is our commitment and that is one thing that's helped us to thrive as a church and the other thing is I think people want to hear the truth. I think mm. people don't want to compromise. I think you can share the truth and love, but we're not going to compromise what God's word said, no, how many, how unpopular it may be. So we're going to stand on God's word, and but we do invest into our children. There's, you know,
0: isn't that something? Though, because the world would say, uh, no, what people desire is that gray area, kind of that gray space where they can still do what they want, and there aren't any real commitments like you're talking about earlier. When the reality is, it's kind of like when raising our kids you know they won't tell you they want discipline but they want discipline and like just like people yeah. won't say necessarily i i i want the truth and i want this clear but they really do yes right sir. they're looking for it
1: they just need it done in the right way they need it delivered with the right tone with the right mm-hmm. message of love we just did a very difficult series so you asked for it questions one one of the messages was on why there's a hell that's not a very popular subject in mm. today's world, and yet no. we're able to deliver the truth of God's word uh, in, a, in a good way. We talked about sexuality and the transgender issue, yeah. uh, and, and I tell you, I, I really believe people respond well when you don't uh, back away from what is true. I mean, we Amen. live in this world that's so afraid to stand for anything, and I think Christianity and churches and schools need to stand for something, or you know, who are we?
0: Yeah. Amen. Uh, That's a lot of the same things we're trying to do on our campus is not walk away or run away as many are from those issues, but teach what's true and about them specifically and address them head on. That's the only way they're going to be prepared for what comes next. So you, uh, you and Debbie, you, you talked about how you and Debbie kind of started with the youth and how that's still really your heartbeat. And so I'm wondering though, with eight campuses and I don't know how many total staff how many total staff do you have on eight campuses
1: Ooh, full time? We have 170 people on staff. Okay.
0: We're not, yeah. Yeah. We're close as well on that. We're a lot of similarities, but we're not on eight campuses. Yeah. Uh, so with all those staff, I, i I assume that your ongoing involvement with the youth can't be very direct, but are, do you still have a, a pretty loud voice in the conversation of, of what's happening with the youth?
1: Um, they keep me out of it now. we got some great <laughs> Do people doing it. I, I okay. can get a little bit too uh, intense about it. Now, actually, I did speak <laughs> at summer camp two years ago. I felt like I had a message for the young people. But okay. we have some youth pastors that are doing a great job, student pastors that are doing an amazing job. We just make sure that they have what they need to empower them to, to, to lead that generation. And uh, right. so that's important for us. Definitely, uh, over I'm overseeing it, but not really involved at all. Okay. Well, now, for, now I am. My twelve-year-old granddaughter is now going to I was youth group. Say, you're yeah, going to be dragged. In yeah, well, so way I, I, I take <laughs> her there sometimes, and I'm watching where she's sitting. I tell her, you, better sit in the front. Don't sit in the back. And <laughs> good. So I'm, I guess, involved. Which I don't know if she likes or not, but tough. Yeah, she'll get over it.
0: Well, for a number of years now, I've come to the realization at Cambridge that. I'm the oldest person on my senior staff. I think technically, I I, I prepared this in advance just a touch, and I thought more about that. I think there is one that's older than me. She's in the room with us now, but we don't talk about ladies' ages. (laughs) I'm Um, fine with it. But I'm really close. That, By the way, that's That's called uh, wisdom. If this is the first episode you're (laughs) listening to, that's the voice, of course, of Marty Premer, uh, my, my <laughs> sidekick for that's co-host uh, sidekick co-host. is the title we agreed on. Yeah. Sidekick for all of these broadcasts. She's our director of marketing and communications on campus. But anyway, I, thinking about my age and relative to those around me on campus, I'm not even sure retirement is a biblical principle necessarily, but I'm confident there will come a day when some men will come into my office and escort me out to my car. Uh, Lord willing, that's still many years off. How do you foresee your own passing of the baton at Grace Family?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, we hear that question a lot. Uh, actually, it started about six years ago, strategically. Yeah. I went from being the only one teaching 40, 45 times a year to building a teaching team with a younger, younger people. Uh, I got two or three people that I lean on. So now I've transitioned from 44 weekends a year down to 15 weekends a year. Nice. So our people are getting used to hearing other people. Uh, from the pulpit, which helps you in any kind of transition you're going to do. So I think that my transition has been really, really slow. And, uh, and I think that my role will be redefined, but I don't plan on retiring, but my role Mm. will change. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's more of a crock pot that we're doing just kind of a slow boil. I think the biggest challenge with bad transitions is people do them too fast. Mm. And so, uh, we're working on that. We're in the process of doing it. um, and it's going really well. So, yeah. what does
0: that mean when, when a lot of people are asking you how the transition is going to happen?
1: Well, when they start seeing other people uh, speaking, no, I'm, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. I can tell you. <laughs> that. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. I, gotcha. I, I just don't. I think the model of succession is really weird. Where you you go and you build something, then you leave. Uh, I, I don't think that's healthy. I think that you can still be there long as I'm not long as I'm letting others lead, which is hard for a Type D. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh, you know, that personality that I have, but I've, I'm learning to let go of things that other people can do yeah. and, uh, finding a few things I can do to still bring value to the team. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there are plenty of those things.
0: Well, I think you've answered this in part. Um, well, you've answered it certainly in the context, uh, specific to Grace family, but speaking maybe
1: more in general,
0: what do you see as the role of the local church?
1: I think Jesus said we're supposed to be a lighthouse mm. in the community and that lighthouse means a lot of things that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. We must be partnering with our community. We can't be just inside our four walls. So outreach is really important to us. We partner with a lot of local nonprofits. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Let's make sure we're supporting uh, kingdom causes, whether it's Cambridge school or something else in our community. Mm. Uh, that's one of the jobs of the local church: is to, go outside the four walls people not are not impressed with our songs and our worship they want to see what are you doing for your community right. uh, The other thing the church has to stand up as I said earlier for truth. I think there's a lot of people caving in it's disappointing to me well we so we try so hard to to reach the world that we we start compromising things that maybe we think offends them. I always say this we should never offend anyone. But the word of God might offend people. Yeah. The Bible says God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword. Mm-hmm.
0: It's offensive. And uh, yeah. it
1: can be. So yeah. we got to make sure that we're not letting culture redefine truth. We're the holders mm-hmm. of truth because Jesus said he is the truth. Mm-hmm. And if
0: we're quiet, then nobody hears any other perspective or the truth ever.
1: So true. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how many people are not quiet that are that are just bold about lies. Mm-hmm. And here it's we are, true. we're not bold about the truth.
0: So. Yeah. Well, this goes right along with the discussion, but we know that in general, you know, outside of the Grace Family world and and maybe, you know, a handful of other churches in town, and then you you project it across the country, we know that the Bible-believing church in America, the numbers, the statistics, the surveys say, is declining. Why? Why do you think that is?
1: I I think it's fear. Fear of? Fear of being rejected, fear of being canceled fear of they're not yeah. going to like us so we're going to just kind of join along and uh again i'm praying for leaders and pastors that we would you know really stand for what we believe i mean you look at the early church uh you know they told peter and Paul, hey, don't you can do whatever you want to do, but don't preach in the name of Jesus. You know. And then they let him out of prison. They started preaching. You can't compromise. You can't back down. Mm. Doesn't mean you do it brashly, self-righteously, or condescending. Mm. But we have to speak God's truth in love.
0: So it doesn't have to be the guy standing on the box no. outside of Amway screaming at people right. and condemning <laughs> them. Right. But yeah, it's interesting because so fear of taking a stand. And then that fear. So that results in churches aren't taking a stand. And this comes full circle. What we talked about earlier, people that are looking for truth, see that it's not there and yep. they lose interest. Yes. So they that, don't see authenticism too. That's right. a big thing. Absolutely. You have right. to be authentic. Yeah. that's
1: right. I mean, they want to see truth. Uh, and then when the parents or the people in the congregation see you making some tough stands, that gives them courage to stand. Yes. You know, Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, I think, I think I can share this. You know, Tony Dungy, who goes to Grace Family Church, right. went through some real challenges with his network because he was they were mm. wanting him to uh, back down from some of the things he's believed in. He mm. said, well, what's changed with me in the last 15 years? This is who I've been. Mm. The only thing that's changed is you're listening to certain voices that's that are true. telling you. Boy, I tell oh, you, those true. are the kind of people that we need to continue to stand, whether you're a business owner or, you know, someone like Tony who's kind of like a celebrity, but I'm not backing down. And if you want to fire me, yeah, but he didn't, and and they backed off. Yeah,
0: yeah. Love Tony Dunge. Yeah, we've had them involved at the school as well. Um, I know he's real involved at Grace. I see him there all the time. Well, what would you say to Christ followers who may not prioritize involvement in church like they did pre-COVID?
1: Yeah, that's man. That I tell you, it took a hit for yeah. everybody. Yeah. I mean it. It really did. That was amazing. What I mean. You know, some people, we get out of the habit and we just go, well, I can, you know, I can worship Jesus and love Jesus at home. Yes, you can. Sure. There's no doubt. But the Bible calls the church a body and every part of the body is needed, whether it's the finger or the elbow or the hand mm-hmm. or the ear. And there's a part of the body that's missing that's needed to make the body uh, do better. And so I would say that you're, you're a big part of a local church. And some people maybe never came back because of church hurt. Man, we need to forgive yeah. and, and and move on. I'm not trying to say that in some superficial way, but yeah. God wants you to be a part of a local body because you're needed there. Yeah. You know, to serve, to do something, to be a blessing, to be an encouragement. Uh and then, you know, watching online, we have online services and sure. I think that's it meets a certain need, you know, for people that really can't get to church or are overseas, or if you're sick that day you can sit but, you know, I tell people watching online service all the time is like you miss out on part of the experience because it's like ordering uh, takeout from Burns, (laughs) (laughs) right? I mean, it's It's true. You know, it's not the same thing, is it? No, it sure isn't. But
0: don't you also feel just because we're so disconnected today, because I found this in myself too, that when I wasn't going to church, that you just, that connection, you miss just greeting someone, saying hello, having somebody reach out. It's a personal one-on-one versus, the digital you know you can't right. get everything from right. the laptop it's true and you know, know yeah
1: it's true and what's the bible say wherever two or three are gathered in my name mm-hmm. i promise my presence and uh there's right. a promise when we come together right. for god to show up in a big way yeah so i would just say take a step you know get get into a good habit again um you know don't be beat up over what we're saying but i, I just don't think you know what you're missing sometimes
0: right Well, at Cambridge, we desire to um, offer a kingdom education. You hear that phrase all the time. And that model, of course, is where students are receiving teaching and training on a consistent biblical worldview at school, at home, and in church. However, at Cambridge, we're also an outreach Christian school. So, you know, neither parents nor students are required to be Christ followers before enrolling. So as a result, we have... Uh, a percentage of our families, only God really knows hearts, so I don't know exactly what that percentage is, but we have a percentage of our families who do not have a local church home. And so that gives us one big reason that it's critical for us to have church partners uh, to which to refer these families uh, because while they're at Cambridge, a number of them do come to know Christ, often through the kids first, and then that goes home and impacts the parents. Um, so we have a list of those church partners. And, of course, Grace Family is one of them. Some of the church partners really go out of their way to bless Cambridge, and Grace Family has certainly been one of those. For us, it was a no-brainer to seek partnership with Grace Family Church. We see massive similarities in our approach. We've hit on a number of those even here today. But one of the biggest ones that I've heard you talk about many times is that, uh, in terms of Grace, but both Grace and Cambridge are focused so specifically and intentionally on relationships. And that's really, we feel, how we must operate because that's how we've been commanded to operate. So in your view, though, uh, why... Why did it, why does it make sense to partner with Cambridge?
1: Well, you've you've said it for me. I love your vision for unchurched families to still f- come a place where maybe they don't really believe in God, but they know that their kids need this, and then they their kids get to hear the gospel, yeah. maybe for the first time, and, and come to Christ. What a great strategy. I I love that part. The, the part of the kingdom education, I, I get to drive the grandkids sometimes to school, help my daughter out, and we'll talk about you know, what, what'd you learn today? And they'll talk about the science in the Bible or the integration of the two and seeing it as awesome is not contradictory, but here's how they all fit together. I mean, that's gold, Mm. you know, I mean, that's, that's foundational for these kids. It's, it's it's just easy to partner in that way. I I would say this too. I, I, there's no perfect church and there's no perfect school, but I believe the heart of Cambridge is really that whole pursuit of a kingdom education to see these kids grow up and be an asset and a leader, uh, in their communities. And, uh, I, I just, there's, I can't say enough about it. That's music to my ears for
0: sure. I mean, we just, anytime we hear that students are, are picking up on the biblical integration and that there's not a separation, a division between the sacred and the secular, that it's all his, yep. um, when they're starting to grab just little handles even down that yep. path, it's, it's really awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, so I've served in, both models of Christian schools I've served in more of a covenant model where it is only for uh, Christ-following parents to enroll, um, and then uh, everywhere else I've served has been this model, though more of an outreach model. And so, as I've been in both as a as an employee, as an educator, as an administrator, and as a parent, and Carol, and I decided. Uh, my wife is Carol. I haven't talked much about her. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But Carol and I decided years ago, well 17 years ago now, that really, uh, from the parent perspective and the educator perspective, that the outreach model was for us. So yeah, I know that's a big focus for you and at at Grace as well. So that's probably has a lot to do yeah. with, with why and, it makes sense in the
1: relational part. I don't know the teachers that personally, but I get to hear my grandkids talk about their teachers, and the, it's just mm-hmm. so personal. It's so um, it's just mm-hmm. again, no perfect teachers, but they can tell these teachers care for them, but will challenge them. And I just I think you got a great, great uh, group of teachers. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Craig, I really,
0: really appreciate you making time for this. I know it's probably never easy to do that, but certainly as we approach
1: Christmas. Yeah, I'm going to play golf in a few minutes. So yeah, over. got
0: to be coming up on a tee time here pretty soon. But want to thank you for your leadership in the Tampa community. Um, and That's thank you for, sure. for your, the incredible partner that grace has been to Cambridge now for a number of years, um, The generosity and love that we have felt from the staff and families I talked about earlier from Grace uh, has had a deep impact. Thank you for doing
1: this today. It's a joy to be here. Take care. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us today. The vision at Cambridge Christian School is to develop students into fearless defenders of the faith in partnership with their parents and the Bible-believing church community so that generations will know and serve God and recognize the truth and authority of the Bible. Goal answers.